Welcome to the Track Quest Podcast. James Orr here. What's going on, Bob? Not much, buddy. We just got off the phone, and I am ready to go bear hunting right now. I yeah, mean, man, I'm all jacked up. Chris Perino, bear hunting fool. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, I am just ready to go. I mean, northern lights, cabins on lakes, and... Airplane flights oh, and, man. and horse rides, close shots on big, dangerous bears, and happy birthday, Fred Bear. Yeah, it is Fred Bear's birthday today. We couldn't have picked a better day to sit down with Chris. Chris has uh, got a thing for hunting big, nasty bears, and he's done a lot of it. I mean, polar bear, what do he say, four grizzlies and a brown bear. And, and like 15 black bears. Yeah. He, we, we only touch on like two bear hunts oh here. Oh, man. He so is, look forward, folks. We got we got more Chris Perino coming. But yeah. Epic storyteller. Epic storyteller. Just a regular guy. He's a plumber. And he worked his butt off his, to, to do these hunts. You know, he's not just a rich guy that just went out and, and uh, decided to drop 20 Gs on a hunt. I mean, he... He did it saving up for years, selling trucks. I mean, just this crazy, man. Awesome guy. Super awesome guy. Yeah, this guy's the real deal. I mean, family man from Illinois. I mean, how can you listeners not relate to this guy? He's a whitetail hunter who got got the urge to go hunt some bears. And he made it happen. And he's had some epic hunts. Uh, I think you guys are totally gonna enjoy this i sure did and i mean we're pumped to get him back on for sure can't wait thanks again to kafaro international aaron snyder we appreciate the support uh it's an awesome partnership with us uh someone that believes in us um and enjoy the bear hunts welcome to the track west podcast we've got chris perino on the phone tonight we're excited to uh talk with chris what's going on chris uh, not much not much at all you're um uh, you're from illinois is that right chris yep yep but i'm live um oh shoot about 20 miles maybe outside of st louis you know this kind of the southern end of the state so and you drove up you drove up to your hunting cabin tonight to uh, hang out and have a conversation with us uh, over Skype? Yeah, pretty much. I got a few acres up in Pike County, Illinois, and uh, it's kind of a little getaway. So if I'm going to think hunting, this is a place to be. Awesome. Well, we're, we're excited to have you on the podcast tonight. And, of course, we've got uh, Bob the Bowhunter Borland with us tonight. What's going on, Bob? Oh, living the dream, boys. Living the dream. Fred yeah. Bear's birthday today. So. Yeah, Fred Bear's birthday. Today uh, is uh, March 5th, uh, Papa Bear's birthday. We've got Chris Perino. He's a uh, pro staff bear archery. 
and a bear killing son of a gun. Now <laughs> I don't know about the I don't know about the pro part. But, uh, <laughs> bear, bear killing, I'll buy into that one. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's awesome! So how how did you get uh, how did you get uh, hooked up with? Uh, Bear Archery, and, you know, tell us a little bit about your uh, history uh, with Bear. You know, when I was a kid, I kind of, you know, like everybody, you know, you saw all the old Fred Bear photos and just kind of, you know, really, you know, when you're younger, I think you, you know, don't ever think you can do things like that. And growing up, I, I don't know, you know, through the 90s, I was able to, you know, get out and do a little hunting. And I, one year I went to uh, Wyoming and I think there I saw my first grizzly bear and kind of, I don't know. I mean, it just seemed like over the years it was uh, something I wanted to kind of pursue and didn't think I would ever be able to. And, and in 2003, I shot my first grizzly bear. And then in the spring of 2000 and four i shot a black bear and then in the spring or fall of 2004 i went to alaska and shot a a brown bear and then that following spring i ended up shooting a polar bear and once i did that i i don't know i mean i kind of sat down and wrote a letter to bear archery and just asked him if he'd be interested in having a guy that had a pretty strong desire to shoot the traditional bows on their staff and uh i don't know you know it was kind of a dream deal really at first so so i've been shooting their bows since 19, or 2005 you know, been since 2005 and it sounds like you go to quite a bunch of the shows and get together with the bear archery guys and rub some shoulders and have a good time and yeah, I uh, you know I try to attend the um, the traditional shoots that they they go to. I think they go to the um, you know we usually they usually do one in up in Kalamazoo and then they go to Denton Hills, a big one, and they they do some down south that I don't go to. But they try to attend most of the Compton shoots and you know the the bigger shoots around the country and and. Yeah, That's awesome. I try to go to I try I try to go to all the ones I can get to for sure. And you got Compton's is coming up pretty soon, right? It is. It's coming up here in March. I think the twenty first, yeah, so maybe twenty second. Yeah, we're me and Bob really wish we could make it. Maybe maybe next uh, the next go around. Um, so with bear archery, what what's your what what are you shooting from them now? What's your all time favorite uh, from their line? Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, they're all my favorites. <laughs> every every one I get in my hand ends up being my favorite. Yeah, that's a good. I don't know. You answer. know, when you when you travel, and I think the you know the takedowns are probably my you know bow of choice, but it ends up being a more of a, a shooting the the takedowns ends up being a the nostalgia of it. I mean, it's you know something Fred Bear designed, and it's I don't know, it just seems a little seems a little special so that's probably you know the one that's the most kind of dear to my heart but that 59 kodiak that reproduction that they came out with is is about the 
most forgiving bow that I've shot in a long time. It's very, you know, it'll kind of shoot anything and, and just pretty pleasant to shoot. Yeah. I, I don't know. I I like them all. Yeah, I agree a lot. Uh, I've shot all their whole line and that 59er, um, with that brown glass and that purple heart, it, it's it's a classic. And it, like you said, it, it it's definitely a shooter. Um, I'm a fan of it. It's it's a nice bow. Well, the Kodiaks in the 50s were, you know, there was a, several, you know, 59, the 60, the 61. It kind of morphed into a super Kodiak there. And I guess the in the 70s or through the 70s, you know, it kind of morphed into that super Kodiak. But... I don't know. That Kodiak line is just, is just nice. You know, it's just, uh, all those bows shoot, shoot fairly well. I've shot most of the older ones and, and just like them. Yeah. Do you, do you own one of those black beauties? Those, uh, black super Kodiaks? I do. I have one of those. I mean, they have a little bit of weight to them. You know, they're if you yeah. like a bow, that has got, you know, got a heavy handle. That, that would be, the one to choose that phenolic is, is puts a little weight in it, but yeah, they all shoot. I mean, I can't just switch a bow. Usually when I get them, I got have to shoot them for a while and, you know, kind of settle in a little bit with them and, and get, get comfortable with them. You go to switching around a lot. Sometimes you're, you, uh, yourself up. Carb, carbon arrow shooter, wood arrows, aluminum. What's your flavor? I've been shooting the uh, Alaskan Grizzly sticks, the Sitkas, is what I've been shooting, and it's, you know, probably for no other reason, and I picked them up one day and started messing with them, and they shot well, so, so that's are what those, I shoot. I'm, I'm not... Are I, those the tapered shafts? They are. They're, they're, they got the Sitkas, and I think there's the Alaskans and the Safaris, I believe. I think there's, I believe there's three different, at least that's what they were. They've changed here. Yeah. They've changed here in the last few years, changed it up a little bit, but yes, they are. They're definitely tapered. They're they're on the front end and they're on the back. They're a tapered woven carbon, right? Right. Yep. Just like a fishing rod for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Me and Bob are big wood arrow guys, but that's the shaft that I haven't tried yet that I have interest in trying. Um, as far as carbon arrows go, um, it seems like a pretty interesting design. Yeah, it's, I don't, I wish I was probably a little more knowledgeable and, you know, my tuning method's pretty simple. It's grab a bunch of arrows and see which ones fly. And shoot. <laughs> that's, that's the same, that's that. the same tuning method I have. That's awesome. <laughs> So, uh, what what about the business end? Uh, what what kind of broadheads are you running uh, lately? I have shot those wikis, the two blades, for years. Uh-oh. I've shot them. I mean, for just. I mean, I've done a little bit of switching. It's all usually always been. I mean, since I've been shooting comp or recurves, it's always been a, a double blade or a cut on contact head and that wiki's pretty much been uh, been my choice i mean i have switched i used to shoot the the eskimo the smaller one but 
recently, I say recently, it's probably been 15 years. I switched over to that two blade Delta and just, you know, that's again, you know, I shot them, they worked and, and I really haven't changed. I'm, I'm not much for, I'm not much for changing once it starts, once it works. Right. If it's not broke, don't fix it. So yeah, uh, being it's Fred bear's birthday, you're a big bear archery guy. And like you had, uh, mentioned, you've, uh, took a mess of bears. We'd really like to dive into the bear hunting. We know that being from Illinois, you're a seasoned whitetail guy. Uh, I know from talking to you a bunch that, you know, moose hunting and elk hunting, you like, you, you like your ungulates. You, you do a lot of, um, bow hunting, but we'd really like to dive into the bear hunting, uh, kind of in the name of Fred bear and do a kind of an episode on bear hunting. And you've taken grizzly and brown bear and black bear and polar bear, uh, as you'd mentioned. So, um, let's, let's dive into that. And I, I, I'd like you to maybe start with your first time seeing a grizzly bear. I, I know that was on an elk hunt. Maybe, you know, that's a great story. Why don't, why don't we start there? Okay. I, um, like I said, back in the, I kind of got started back in 91 was, you know, through the nineties, I, you know, was, I got out of trade school and kind of started being able to get out of state and do some hunts out of state. And I ended up, went to Colorado several years in a row and, you know, I was having a good time chasing, chasing elk and that's what I like to do. So I was doing quite a bit of elk hunting and I ended up booking a hunt up in out of Cody, Wyoming. It was like the South would be the, like the Southeast corner of, of Yellowstone where we were hunting. And I booked an elk hunt and went up there and I don't know, two or three days into the hunt, we were up on the side of the mountain and, uh, I saw, caught a little movement down the mountain and, you know, I, I figured anything up there was going to be a deer elk or moose or something was, some of the such i never thought i'd see a grizzly bear and it was a grizzly bear and i think she had three cubs with her she come walking just side hilling us about 70 80 yards down and you know kind of took me off off guard a little bit but uh it was it was pretty impressive to say the least but i didn't uh i don't know i don't think i ever forgot that and then got to thinking about it kind of brought me back to some of the old pictures when I was younger. You're looking at them old Fred Bear pictures with Fred Bear and all the bears he had shot. So still at that point, I don't think I really figured it would ever be a something that I'd, I'd be able to pursue. And I don't know, I got through that hunt and... I want to say I went on a moose hunt. I ended up going on a moose hunt with some guys friend of mine from around town here and we went up there with a guy from a friend of ours from montana and it was actually a friend of his that was an outfitter up in british columbia and we ended up going up there and and went up on that moose hunt and i got to talking to him about about grizzly bear hunting and we got back from that hunt and he ended up calling me about oh shoot probably called me about three or four months later and he says, Hey, he says, you think you're still interested in going grizzly bear hunting? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm interested. I don't know if I can swing it, but I'm interested. He says, I got the guy for you. And, uh, 
there was a fellow that Brian Martin had bought a unit up in northern British Columbia, north of Smithers, up in that area. And uh, he had just bought it, and he ended up taking, I think the, I think the first guy in there was uh, Scott Kelzer. You guys, you guys familiar with him, or you know who he is? I've heard of him, yeah. Right. He used to, I mean, he, I think he kind of run around with them guys in Montana, and, and I think, believe he hunted with uh, Paul Schaefer, and you yeah, kind of a- ran in that crowd. You know, pretty, pretty accomplished bow hunter himself. I mean, just, and he went up there with Brian, and uh, they ended up shooting a grizzly bear, and I think on like more or less kind of a scouting type trip, but he had went up there and shot a grizzly bear and I ended up calling him and I was talking to him about that. And, and um, so I kind of got hooked up with Brian and, and that year he had that, he had it the following year. He had it a hunt book. So he took, I believe it was, uh, who's the fellow that runs uh, um, Pat LaFemin. He runs at both site. Uh, mm-hmm. that bow site website so he took pat lefemin up there and they i think they saw several they saw several different bears and ended up getting in on a pretty good boar and i don't know if he shot in front of the bear the first shot but the second shot i believe he shot him in the shoulder and brian was trying to film the film the ordeal and and the bear ended up charging them, and it was quite an quite an ordeal. So, I ended up booking for the very next year, and and I was able to get in, and so and that was kind of that was kind of the beginning of it. And that was <clears throat> that's Brian Martin. He's it was Canadian Mountain Outfitters, and now he's over in Asia, I think, right? Asian Mountain Outfitters or something. I think he is. I think yeah. he sold his unit. He sold his operation, and uh, and he's been over there hunting them Marco Polo sheep, actually. Yeah. So I think I he he was big. He liked us, you know. He's big into sheep hunting. You know that area that he had was wasn't. I mean, I, I think it wasn't the greatest for sheep, but it was pretty good for grizzly bear. But the year I booked a hunt, I, I let me back up when I. Pat LaFemin, the year I talked to Brian when after Pat went, I talked to him, and when I booked a hunt, I wanted to try to book it for, uh, I had to book it two years out to try to kind of piecemeal it and try to get everything paid for. But I do remember the night I, I talked to him and finally decided to, to book it. I don't think I slept that night, you know, I I. I <laughs> got the deal put together and i was you know it was like a kid in christmas time you know it was it was i was pretty uh pretty happy but ended up taking me about two years to get the finances worked out but then i was off to the races so I flew yeah the, and flew. for everyone listening uh chris is just like the rest of us like most guys listening blue collar plumber family man um, you know, none of this, it, it comes easy. This is stuff that you save up for, uh, that you work hard for to go to, to take these opportunities, right? Yeah, it's definitely, there's, there's no, yeah, it's, it's something you, 
you think about and, you know, try to put money aside and kind of keep it away from the wife and not <laughs> let her know, you know. <laughs> Man, are all plumbers the same? I love it. That's perfect. No, all all bow hunters are the same. <laughs> all bow hunters are the same. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> well, the old, uh, I'll tell you what, the old, I, I don't, you know, at times I'm thinking that the, the wife finds out she might be worse than a bear, you know. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, man. I don't. I don't have my one's just in the other room, so I have nothing else to say. <laughs> you know, a happy wife is a happy life, right? Yeah. That's right. That's absolutely right. And, and I don't want to get loose lipped. I'm, I'm celebrating right now. I'm having a couple glasses of wine. Uh, salute to Mr. Fred Bear. <laughs> uh, that's classic. Yeah. So. Let's let's dive uh, let's dive into this 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 first uh, grizzly bear hunt. Well, that would have been two thousand and three. Like I said, when I actually ended up going was would be the fall of two thousand and three, and I flew up and, like I said, flew into Smithers, and from there we got on a uh, oh like a little a Learjet, and I remember flying out. We, it was a semi commercial plane you know it wasn't a, a bush type plane and i'm like what in the world going on and we got in this plane and it was like i said a little learjet where you sit like you got an aisle going down the middle so you know one guy sits on one side one sits on the other probably holds 20 20 people or so and and we were flying up to flying up to some landing strip and i believe it was a old it might have been a mining or a woodcutting landing strip, and it was in the middle of nowhere. I remember when they come come down to land, I thought they were landing right in the middle of the stinking trees, and all of a sudden we hit this rock runway, and rocks flew up, and there was nothing there. It was a pickup truck. Plane pulled over and dropped us off. We got in a pickup truck and drove over to this lake, and when we got to the lake, they there was supposed to be two two float planes taking us in, and they actually bringing the guys out uh, as we were going in. There was a group of hunters coming out, and one of the planes, they I don't know whether it ran out of fuel or, or what kind of mechanical malfunction it had, but they had wrecked it at the end of the lake. So when we got there, we had to go down to the end of the lake and, and try to get caribou horns and gear out of it. So... I was a little, I was a little nervous at the beginning of that hunt. To be right honest with you, I mean, it was, it was yeah, I thought it was going to be a hunt of a lifetime, but if seeing that plane all mangled up at the end of the at the end of the lake, there made me rethink it. But so we ended up flying in. We flew into another lake and stayed at a cabin there, and they were bringing some horses in, so we stayed at a little cabin right on a. Uh, a lake that was probably about seven miles from this burn that we were hunting. Um, I mean, the, in, the way they hunt the grizzly, those grizzly bears is you deal, the old burns and, and areas, there's a lot of blueberries that come up and then bears tend to, you know, congregate on them. Blueberry. I mean, the burn was big. It was probably seven miles by, I don't know, maybe three or four miles. I mean, it was just a huge burn. It was probably... I'd say maybe six, seven, eight years old. I mean, there was a 
you know, there was some underbrush coming in there, but you know, you could where the where it was really hot, it was pretty much burn off and bare. You know, you could see down in it, but you know, there was a little undergrowth starting to come back. So there was two of us that uh, were hunting that same burn, and we we flew into the lake, and then at that point we took a probably five or six horses, and we we packed in and kind of used the horses to pack our gear and stuff like that up there. So we, we packed in, it was probably about seven miles, seven miles to get back into where they had, uh, they had a, a spot where obviously they had, I think camped in the, in the past, so in the past. So we ended up setting up a little camp there. And then Brian and I backpacked further in, we went probably another, man, it's, it was probably a good three, four hour hike, just up kind of bushwhacking up through a, we took a little creek drainage that was right in the middle and kind of went to the other end of this burn. So, you know, we were kind of hunting them from both ends, but so we packed up in there with the backpacks and sleeping bags and, and, uh, a little pup tent. It wasn't, it, it wasn't much for sure, but got up in there and got set up and just went up every morning. We'd go up and just kind of glass and look and look through the burn, and try to find the bears. And we saw several, you know, you, you, you'd see them cause you could see so far you could set up and, and spot them. I mean, some of them were several miles away. You know, you could look, basically look that whole burn over. So you could sit there and kind of anything that was moving through there and feeding, you could, you could find them. And we'd find them and, you know, we'd try to figure out a game plan to, to get in there and get up on them. But, you know, sometimes that took a little, that took a little bit of doing just because they were so far away. And we, we made several, you know, tries at them that, that ended up get over there and they'd get lost in the brush or get moved, you know, and we couldn't, couldn't end up rounding them up. So I would say it was about the, I want to say the fourth or fifth day into it, we were up on the top of the mountain and we were just walking along and just kind of glassing down in. We'd glass, glass on one side. We were pretty much at where we could look over and see both sides of the, of the, the mountain. We could look in there and, you know, see two drainages at once, you know, like we were walking a ridge line and, uh, Brian, was glass on one side and I was like I was glassing on the other and I I was looking around he says Chris he says come here we looked down and the, it was like straight down the mountain probably about six seven eight hundred yards I mean just straight down from us there was a bear down there just feeding away I mean it was perfect setup because it was the thermals were bringing the you know the thermals were coming straight up to us and he was just directly straight below us in a, you know, fairly open to where we could, had a good, good kind of keep an eye on them. So we worked our way down in there and, and we cut the distance and I didn't think, you know, you think it's, you think it's all going to work out, you know, and, and you end up trying to, you know, tell yourself it's going to work out, but thinking that there's, you know, the odds are against you man, we started moving down the mountain and 
man, we'd get closer and closer and closer. And finally we, we got within like 150, 200 yards. And I'm like, man, gosh, you know, this, this may work. Of course, the bear had a lot of direction, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of avenues he could have taken, but he turned and started heading straight up to us. I mean, like he just, I don't know whether he just didn't want to live no more or what his deal was, but he, <laughs> his, he, he it was just textbook. I mean, he was, he, you hunt a lot and a lot of times, a lot of times things don't work out exactly the way you want them. But in, in this case, it was like everything was, it's like the stars were aligned. I mean, you know, the bear was, he was heading up to us and the wind was perfect and it was, you know, it was just kind of meant to be. So, so at this Brian, point, like, how do you keep your mud together? I mean, you've got this big grizzly moving your way, and you're moving towards them. I mean, what, what what's going through your mind right now? Well, probably what's going through my mind is I've always kind of, I've always kind of went at it that God takes care of stupid people, and and <laughs> and He would be taking care of me at this point, but. <laughs> Uh, you know, really, it's, to to be right honest with you, at at a hundred, you know, when they're a couple hundred yards away, I don't think that you see them and you're you're excited and and it's it's really exciting. But there's no, I don't know, you know, I'm not, I wasn't fearful at that point, but it, I did get fearful. I got once we got down in there, there was. The, it was really sunny so there was one tree that had the way the sun was shining it had i just got in the shade of that tree it was probably about a 10 foot pine tree you know eight 10 foot pine tree and that was growing up in there and there i mean there really wasn't nothing some blowdowns and everything like i said everything was pretty much under undergrowth around there and i remembered getting down next to that tree and kind of getting set up and you you know you're set up and you're hoping that okay they're going to come up and i'm going to get a shot but i will tell you that the closer it got the more i thought and when it closed in when it got into that 50 yard range and it was still coming and it's really coming just perfect i mean if it's if it's any other animal in the world you're just happy as hell i mean you just you know you're so happy you can't see straight because you everything's going to work out and when that when that bear closed in 40 30 when he got to the 30 yard mark um i I did think what in the world am i doing i mean i really i i was i was having second thoughts at that point but you know at that point you're already into it so deep what do you what do you do you know you either be real quiet and you know, hope everything works out. I had, I had kind of made up my mind going into it that that I was not going to shoot unless I felt like that the shot was going to be eighty percent or better. Like like I wasn't going to take a, a shot unless I just was a I better than fifty. You know, eighty percent or better chance that I'm going to make the shot and and every and I'm going to make a good shot. So I I you know at that point I pretty much had it in my mind that that's what I was going to do. And when he closed in, he got to about 20 yards and I was, I thought I was going to take the shot at that point. I'm like, Oh man, you know, it just, uh, when you shoot instinctive, when you shoot, 
you know, like I shoot or we shoot or traditional guys shoot, you, it's like there's a mental feeling. You know, you kind of feel that, you know, that this is a good shot, that's not a good shot. And if you go to second guessing those thoughts, I think it leads to trouble. And mm-hmm. I remember at 20 yards, I was, I'm like, I'm going to take this shot, but I was a little hesitant. And he just kept coming and coming. I want to say he ended up, he got out of, he was like at 12 yards. Oh. And when he was at, when he was at 12 yards, he never, like he was the bigger bears, uh, the bigger bears. I, I don't think, and the bigger boars, I mean, and I'm no grizzly bear expert, but my experience has been that the younger bears tend to look around a little more and, you know, they're kind of watching, but when you get the bigger boars, they don't seem to care about anything. Like they really, I mean, if they smell you, I mean, they're smart. They're, they're definitely smart animals. They're not dumb, but they're not, unless they don't go through the woods looking and being cautious and, you know, if, if their senses aren't telling them something's there, they really don't care. And, and this bear was, he just, he cared about one thing and that was eating blueberries. And so I, he I was, don't think he I, was the boss. Yeah. I mean, it's like he'd had no worry about anybody. There was nothing else around that area that, that concerned him at all. I mean, he'd look as he'd pick his head up far enough to look five, you know, five, 10 feet to the next good blueberry bush. I mean, that's pretty much what he did. And I remember when he came up, he got to about that 20 yard mark. There was a big blow down there. He got to that blow down and I knew he was going to come across it. He ended up, he kind of swayed back and forth and finally he picked his paw up and he set it over on the other side. And it's almost like he was all, he was mad at the world that he had to step across it. <laughs> I'm like, you know, this guy's grumpy and he, he ain't even been shot yet, you know. So he uh, stepped across that log, and when he got into that 12-yard range, I waited, and as soon as his front leg went forward, I, you know, that's that's when you know the mental trigger went off, and and so I I shot him, and and it wasn't. I don't want to say it was anticlimactical, but the arrow went probably went plumb through him. I mean, the arrow just it sunk into the feathers and, you know, once a broadhead gets through, that's, that's really all you need, but it went through him and he kind of veered off and went down. And I, I don't think he went 60 yards. I truly don't like he went, I could see him running and it's like he just dropped right out of sight. And what he ended up doing is he was going through them blowdowns. He just fell right in the middle. Of, I mean, he was going across them blowdowns and kind of running down through there. And he just, you know, expired right there. So Brian was behind me about, I'd say he was behind me about 12 feet or so. And I'm not so sure if the bear would ever charge. I I don't know if the bear would have got shot or I would have got shot. I mean, it was kind (laughs) of a, it was, you know, it was one of the things after the fact you think about. And And Brian was filming, right? Yeah. He filmed it all up until the point that I, in the film, you can see at 20 yards where I was getting ready to take the shot, and I and I went back, and I'm like, no, this isn't the shot. So I sat back down where I was sitting, and I, like I said, I was in a the shaded part of like the 
I was in like the shadow of the, of this pine tree. So I felt like I was pretty, yeah, I mean, I was in a, in the best spot I could be in, but those bears, they, I, I think to me, they're, that bears are easy to, they, you don't want to wound them. You don't, I mean, there's a lot of things that you don't want to do, but as far as, as far as killing a bear or shooting a bear and killing them, if you hit them right, they, it seems like they give up the ghost fairly easy, a lot more than a, than elk or whitetail or, or anything like that. I mean, it just seems like those, those animals have a lot more will to live, but yeah. I mean, that's, that's my, my experience. I, I've heard well-placed arrows are bad for their health for sure. So well, their skin is I, not, the skin is not so big. Like their skin is not, you know, a bear hide is not not really all that thick, like a moose or anything like that. Right. But and, the flip the flips. Go ahead. And, and I I I got a um uh the pleasure of watching this video, and Chris couldn't tell the story better. I mean, it, it was intense. I mean, he's hiding behind this eight foot pine tree in the shadow out in the open and this boss of a bear is coming up the cut just like he said and just feeding and my, my heart's pounding watching this bear move in on you and, and i see you draw your bow back like you said 12 yards it was intense i mean i can only imagine what that would be like like someday wow <laughs> uh, well he was i don't think i i, I knew he was i knew he was big coming like when he was coming up when he was coming up the draw there, coming up the hill to me, I'm like, man, that sure, that sure looks like a good bear. Yeah. And then when he'd get to them logs and he'd huff and puff, and just, you know, you could see the crease in his head and he had that big old, big old head look like a 55 gallon drum mounted to his shoulders. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's gotta be a good bear. What was your set, what was your setup on that? How many how many pounds were you shooting with your bow and stuff? I mean, we kind of talked yeah, about I arrows. Shot that, I shot that bow with a bow I built, a homemade recurve, a recurve I built. I built takedowns for probably seven eight years, just piddling around, kind of as a hobby. So I shot that bow with a or shot that bear with a bow I built, and at the time I was shooting aluminum arrows, twenty one fifteenths. And the same Zwicky heads. I mean, a twenty-one fifteen aluminum arrow flew out of that bow. I want to believe. I believe that one was sixty-two pounds. Is what okay. it was. A fifty-eight inch bow at sixty-two pounds. And again, you know, those arrows flew out of that bow. So that's what I shot. I mean, a twenty-one fifteen is. I don't think is a. I never weighed the arrow. I never. I, I couldn't tell you what the arrows weigh. I just know that they worked really, really well. I like it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's super awesome um so that was your first grizzly bear um had uh after that i mean i i've hunted some black bears and i've called some black bears in and i've had them come in huffing and puffing and popping their teeth and i mean there's nothing more exciting there just really isn't um i mean tell us like I mean, you had to have been like thinking, it, it, I, I got to get after another bear. Like, it, are you going after grizzlies next? Uh, brown bears, well, black I, bears. I will tell you that I, 
when after I shot that bear, I we shot that bear in the evening in the evening and it was you know, late by the time we got them all skinned out we ended up spending the night i don't know a couple two or three miles wherever we were we I'm a couple two or three miles from our our camp and we ended up spending the night there and skinning the bear out we you know built a built a fire and just kind of we didn't have back we didn't have sleeping bags or nothing we had a couple of them all oh, them emergency blankets i mean we were weren't really prepared to spend a night there, but I got to be honest with you. It was probably the best night I ever had in my life. I mean, it was right? just so, crazy. So, so you're hunting the hard way and you're camping the hard way and you're loving it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It, it's, it's not, uh, I mean, it's, it's what it's all about. You know I mean? The killing is, I mean, I was there to get a grizzly bear and, and, but when it works out, I mean, that was something to me that was just a huge dream. I mean, I didn't really, you know, and then to have everything work out the way it was, I mean, when you, I mean, grizzly bear hunts are something that you definitely have to have the right guide. Like you have to have guides that are, that are experienced and are, you know, know what's going on. I mean, uh, and I felt like with Brian, you know, he was a good, great guide for that. He was up for the adventure as much as anybody. I mean, he wanted to get out there and get after him and, just a great guide and we skinned the bear out that night stayed there packed it out the next day went back to our our base camp and i think we stayed a night there and then from there we packed everything up and went back and ended up took us like two days we packed back to the main camp and they had some horses had some horses there so we dropped a bunch of stuff there and we Brian and I headed back. We hiked seven miles back to the lake because I had a moose tag on that same hunt. I had bought a, purchased a moose tag and uh, uh, that grizzly tag. And the grizzly was, you know, my number one animal. I mean, I didn't, I, I don't normally do multiple, multiple species hunts, especially with a recurve. I mean, I just, I, I think it's tough so enough to, you know. You're on cloud nine. Animal. You're on cloud nine, and now you're going moose hunting. Is that right? Yeah, well, there's always a cloud ten, right? You know, I mean, cloud nine, cloud ten. I mean, that's. Uh, I, I know. Well, why, you know what? I know we're here to talk bear hunting, but I mean, you opened up the door, and it's wide open. So we're now we're moose hunting. Do tell. Well, we. You know, if you hate to have tags punched and then have them in. You know, you, you don't. You still want to stop hunting and the hunting's good you know you got to stay after it but but we ended up yeah that's exactly what we did we packed back and we headed back and and brian had asked me he says well what do you want to i'm like ah we got a few days left let's go moose hunting and we ended up getting to getting back to the main camp where uh, the other fellow he hadn't tagged out so we we left them and headed back to the lake and there was a boat that we had to take from like the trailhead back to this cabin. So we got back and we got in the boat. I want to say we got back to the boat probably like maybe three in the afternoon. By the time we got to the boat, we were going back across the lake and we were putzing across the lake. And it just was the whole trip. I had beautiful weather. Like I, I don't think it rained on that 10, 12 day trip, I don't think it rained, but maybe once or twice. And it really I, wasn't for long. So I just had, I don't like you weather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, 
that this is like probably the haunt of my lifetime. And in the last 30 years, I can assure you that I've had more than my fair share of <laughs> rain every day. And yeah, I mean, I, I've definitely paid my dues for sure. Okay. But on this one, right. it was definitely a, definitely a, it, it was, it was a trip of a lifetime for sure. So you're, you're in the boat. I mean, you've already been in an airplane and on horses. Now you're crossing through on a boat and you're going moose hunting. Let's let's dive. Let's go ahead. Let's let's continue. Keep us going. Well, here. we ended we ended up um, getting back to this little. I don't know if it was a trapper's cabin. It was a little. It was a cabin on this lake, and we got back there and we had some supplies there. So we got in and we got kind of settled in. And Brian and I were sitting out in front of the front of the cabin and. I don't know. I think we were eating, eating some mountain house or something and just kind of trying to put a game plan together. And Brian, he goes, you hear that? And I'm really hard of hearing. Like I can't, I just don't hear real well. I'm like, no, I didn't hear a thing. He's like, I hear a moose grunting. I'm like, I don't hear anything. He goes, come on, get your bow. And I believe I, I think I had my bow broke down. Like I had the limbs off of it and the whole, I had it in my backpack and, I mean, I kind of had it put put away. So I went in, threw my bow together, and threw threw arrows in the quiver, and got everything ready. And we hopped in this little, I don't know, maybe a 12, 14 foot one of those lawn V bottoms, and start putzing across this lake. And he goes, "You hear him?" I'm like, "No, I don't hear nothing." But if you say there's a moose over here, let's go. <laughs> we get to the we get to the to the other side, and we get on the bank. And now I can kind of hear him. Like, now I can hear this moose grunting. I'm like, oh, man, there's a moose here. <laughs> and so we got we got in and we moved. We started moving in the direction that we had heard the, the bull. And he was probably about maybe 200 yards away. Brian goes, get up there. He goes, get up there about 50, 60 yards. He goes, I'm going to start calling. So I got up and I was on a trail. I mean, it's, you know, there's game tra- trails around the the lakes and you know most of the lakes and there's all you know usually game trails that go around fairly close to the edge and this was a pretty good pretty good trail and i was right on that trail i was walking down i'm like okay and brian called i think he called like twice and this moose here he comes he's grunting and i'm like i think he's coming closer like i can hear the sound it's like it's directed right to me and it's really pretty loud. And I'm looking and I'm looking and about 60, 70 yards away. I'm like, Oh man, like grizzly bears are big, but there's, but moose, you know, they're big and seven, eight foot off the ground. I mean, they're (laughs) really big. And I, I, you know, I see white tailed deer. I mean, I've, I've hunted elk. I've hunted a lot of things, but never a moose. So this moose is probably 60 yards out and he's coming just like a, like, like on a string. And I got to look and I'm like, that moose is going to walk right down this trail. So to the left of me was three trees, three pine trees. And they were, they were big, probably 24 inches in diameter. I mean, they were big size, big trees. And they were to where the, limbs didn't start till about 20 foot up you know so the base so you could get right next to the base of the tree and and kind of hide behind them so i got 
behind one tree and it was about two foot off the trail. I'm like, oh, I don't like this trail. So I moved over to the other tree and I could see the moose and he was kind of in some willows, but you know, the direction he was coming, I'm like, he's going to come right. He's, he's heading, you know, pretty much the same direction that that trail was leading. So I got behind the third, the farthest tree off the, the farthest tree away from that trail, which, which, I say it was far. It was probably four yards off. I mean, it wasn't that far. <laughs> yes. And I was looking, and I was that moose was coming, and he was coming closer and closer and closer. And I'm like, ah, I don't know how I'm going to make this work because at this time, he he's maybe ten yards from me, and he's he's grunting and he's rolling his rack and his eyes. It's like his eyes are sunk back in his head, and he's tilting his rack back and forth. And I'm like this is good, but I got to get my bow drawn back. I don't know how I'm going to do this. So I backed up to my, put my back against the tree. And I was, I was looking to the right. Like I was looking around the tree and, and as a moose was coming down the trail, I was working my way around the tree. Like I was staying next to the tree and I was just kind of, kind of skirting around that tree. And at one point I'm like, okay, as he's going around one side, I'm going around the other, and I could kind of see his his rear end. And I could I was watching him, and he was walking. And then I stopped, and I just kind of leaned. I leaned back behind the tree and tried to draw my bow. And then I just leaned out from the tree, and I'm I remember that moose. I mean, I'm like, how, how, it's like shooting a barn in two yards. I mean, it was. I, I never. I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever i mean i and i i shot him and and you know made just a perfect shot of course he ran right out into the lake a lot of times they'll head for i mean they head for water to you know get away from the predators and you know he had no clue what happened ran out in the lake and i was a little you know at that point i was a little nervous because i'm like what are you doing what do you i figured he'd swim across the lake he ran out there and tipped over and course it was about two times out of the water but i didn't know didn't know quite how we were going to handle that but but i did get the moose he was oh. just underwater underwater at that point that is so, awesome so you kill this giant grizzly bear and the big bull moose all in close encounters in less than 48 hours well the probably about two days i mean it took us yeah where i killed the grizzly bear was i mean we walked for we walked like i said we shot the bear we hiked back we got to camp i mean I, i'd say it's in three days i shot the grizzly bear and probably like the on the third evening by the time we got back to the to the to the cabin we went across the lake and, and shot awesome. that moose I mean, so it, so what it, happens it, now now you got the moose laying in the middle of the lake and a couple of tines sticking out. So he's four feet underwater. Like, yeah. And you got a 12 foot over. little boat. Like what, what do you guys do now? Yeah, really? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, we flipped for, I guess who was going to get it. And I drew the long, drew the short straw. <laughs> I mean, we had, we had, we had some rope in the boat, but, mm-hmm. but we had to get the rope on the, we had hip boots and stuff and so i mean i i opted to just take my hip boots off and and pretty much you know i didn't want to get my clothes soaking wet so i just kind of stripped down and waited out there and we got the rope around his got the rope around one horn and 
you know, pulling him into, I mean, when he was in the water, obviously the water helped us to, okay. to kind of get him back. But once we, and once we got him back to where we could both get in there with our hip boots, but once you get them to ground to, I don't want to say dry ground, but once they to beach, yeah, once you beach them, you you know there's no pulling. Like there was no getting them no. out of the water. I mean, we could only pull them so far. I mean, we you know stuck paddles under them and you know did what we could do. But we ended up so we ended up just pulling a boat up next to them, and I think we were skinning until about I'd say one one two in the morning, but. By the time we got it, I mean, we, so we put him in the boat and I remember the boat ride going back to the, going back to the cabin. We got all that moose in there and you know, I didn't think nothing of it at the time. And we got the moose, the horns. I mean, we had everything loaded in that boat and we got in the boat and we were heading back across the lake and it was just, that night was just, it was a beautiful night. The Northern lights were we're going and it just really vibrant. I mean, it was, oh, you're just, killing it me. was, oh, it was, it was really nice. I mean, sometimes you can, you know, the, that's a lot more predominant than others. I don't know why that is, but, the, but the night I shot the moose, it was just like a, it was like a show. I mean, it was just, oh it, it was really pretty awesome. Small aircraft, <laughs> horseback, boat. I know, ride, man, I want to go. I want to go. Let's go. Trap. Trappers cabins. I know it sounded like it sounds range. like sounds like heaven to me right now. Oh I mean, my gosh, <laughs> you're killing me! So tell me this, like, so you get the moose back, you get the bear back. I mean, we go on these trips, right? We all go on these trips, and there's many of them. We come home with nothing, and we're like, tell the wives and the kids, like, yeah, we didn't get nothing, and they're like, yep, they feel sorry for you, whatever. Like you're coming home with a moose and a grizzly and an experience of a lifetime. Like, here's the big question. I think a lot of hunters go through this and I've never asked this on the podcast, but I experience this every October, right? When it's all over, uh, tags filled or not. Like, how do you settle in? Like, how do you go home? How do you remove yourself from wilderness and, Northern lights and bull moose and grizzly bears and, and go back to plumbing and wives and children, your wife and children and car payments and, 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 you know, your house, like how, how do you do it? Probably because at that point I was out of money. So I had to go back. (laughs) I mean, I I mean, you know, this hunt that I just told you about probably, I mean, in, in all honesty, and as long, I mean, you know, my hunting history has been, I mean, I've hunted quite a bit. I mean, I've been a lot of places and done a lot of things and, and I've had some other good hunts and I've had a lot of other experiences that were, that were right up there. This by far, probably, I mean, I told you about the one hunt in my lifetime that was probably, you know, will be, if, if I'll ever top it, would, would be a shock. I mean, it was a hunt yeah. that is, is, I mean, it's a hunt that you, you know, it's, it's something you dream about and you, it's a, what you want to happen, but it's not what, you know, to go on a hunt like that and expect that to happen is wrong because it does not, you're exactly right. It does not work out that way. Yeah, Most I mean, of the time. This is coming from a guy that, 
lives in in Illinois in monster whitetail country and has taken polar bear in the same camp as Fred Eichler and is is killed numerous black bears and I mean it's it's insane right but like this is the a hunt of a lifetime but I mean how do you come back to reality I mean there's got to be a depression you got to be depressed for like six weeks after this right <laughs> I'll be honest with you that uh that hunt, I believe, I mean, I have been living on that hunt. I mean, I like, like just telling it kind of takes you back to it, but it's one of them experiences or haunts that just doesn't, you know, really never goes away. I mean, it's just one of them haunts that's, you know, it's always in your, I mean, you think about it and it's, it's just, it's there. So, I mean, I didn't. I so mean, what's I've, the, what's the logistics now? We got the moose, you're in the boat. Like what? What does it take to get out of BC with this moose and this bear and your equipment and to get back to Illinois? Like, what are we looking at? Well, again, it's 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 all logistics for sure. The moose, I ended up the a lot of the meat. I don't. There's some was some venue, some villages, you know, native villages. I, I say close. They might have been fifty miles out, but they ended up. You know, I donated most of the most of the moose meat to, you know, the villages, and you know, so it it got. I mean, the people up there. I mean, it was that they, because of spoil, because of costs. I mean, well, how, how, cost, cost, and just and getting it. I mean, getting it out. I mean, the cost of getting it. You know, getting all the moose meat back, and then trying to get it froze and shipped, and you know, another country. I mean, I mean, if you, you know, when you're flying it, it definitely makes it a lot more difficult, but it all truthfully, it all goes to good use. I mean, they, they love it. I mean, it's a, it's a win-win for, for the people that live up there. I mean, they don't, they don't, they don't tell you they don't want it. I mean, we, you know, took (laughs) care, took care of it, took care of it like it was going in my freezer and, you know, the bush plane comes in and, and, you know, just basically just shuttles it over there and, and and gives them the meat and you know they're happy tickled to death truthfully you did take some home though right on that trip i did not i mean i just i by the time i got the you know everything else back and tried to figure out how i was going to get everything shipped back i did not i did not bring i think they got all all the meat and all the good stuff so i mean it was kind of a bummer did you get to eat some in camp? We ate some. I mean, we ate some up there in camp. We ate the, the loins and the tenderloin. I've had, I shot a Shiras moose in, in uh, Wyoming. So I, you know, luckily I got to bring all that meat home, but it's, it's some of those hunts when you, when you go and you fly and you do those hunts, that's probably the down, the downside of a lot of that. You know I mean? It's just getting the meat and all that back to your freezer becomes a pretty logistical nightmare i mean you right. can't you can't fly it you got to get it processed and by the time you get done it's it gets rather expensive i i understand for all the moose hunters listening that don't know this i guess there's a gentleman uh that makes a run through alaska and through bc with a semi with a uh, freezer system and he now this probably wasn't available at your time but now you can set this up with him. He'll pick your moose up and he'll bring it to the lower 48 
and you can meet him at a major metropolitan city and get your moose uh, and through semi truck, which is kind of a new service. Yeah, that's. I think. Uh, I think I did hear about that. Uh, that that option was absolutely not available when right. when I was up there. I can, right. I can assure yeah, I think you it's that. a new. I think it's a new service and. And it's it's definitely something for the guys that are looking into it. But what what an adventure! I mean, I would have a hard time coming back to reality. I know wow. just just spending uh, a couple weeks in the wilderness hunting elk, I have a hard time coming back to reality. Uh, that's why you got to got to come back home and start planning the next one, working for the next one, right? Well, I believe I I think on that hunt there, like that hunt was so good. I was talking to Brian kind of the last uh, couple days of that hunt and i i pretty much told him that i was going to try to get back to work and uh, and work on work on the funds for next year but <laughs> ended up the guy that uh, the guy that ended up uh, hunting with me didn't end up getting a grizzly bear and i had i booked that hunt i booked a hunt for the following year and when i got out I felt kind of bad, truthfully. You know, I mean, the, the, the fellow I went with, super good guy, and he really wanted it. Was I think it was his second grizzly grizzly hunt, and he had seen quite a few. I mean, he had had seen quite a few. that just didn't have any opportunities, and and I, I, in all honesty, at that point, I'm like, you know, I really would like to try to get the brown bear next. So I ended up talking. I don't know, getting the name of a guy up in Alaska, and so I called that other hunter back and i said if you want to take my hunt for next year i'll i'll just push it off for the following year so so i ended Perfect. up going to going Perfect. to alaska so, then so we're we're on to brown bear we're on to the brown bear hunt um let's 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 dive into that we're heading to alaska the, know. you know that i told you earlier that the that you know having the right guide is is a very is definitely key on those kind of hunts so I had been talking to some different guys, you know, guys that had bow hunting, hunted, but a lot of guys that even at that time that I had talked to were, you know, compound hunters and, and Brian having taken, I think both Pat and Scott were both recurve guys. So, so Brian was very, you know, he knew what he was in for and, 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 you know, and they, both them, I think both them had, had taken bears with them. So, you know, knew how effective it was and really didn't have a problem with it. But when I booked a brown bear hunt, I got a hold of a guy that did it, you know, said he had taken some bow hunters and he, and he did take bow hunters. The problem was when I got off the plane with my recurve, he looked at me like I, he looked at me like I had a, eyeball in my forehead like he just I, I was you know I was I could just see it in his face he's like what did you bring <laughs> so you know when you go on those kind of hunts you you definitely need to know that you're going with the right person and because if you're not it, it can definitely be it can be a an experience and the brown bear hunt again it, it worked out really really well for me but I, there was there was a few hurdles that I definitely had to jump on that one. So tell us about those so, hurdles. I mean, the outfitter wasn't expecting the stick and string. How did you have to talk yourself through that? 
um how how did you uh you know how how did that go i mean i can i imagine the intensity if he's surprised by that and and you know walk us through that well i i booked a hunt and flew into i flew into juno and then i I was on it was in a one bear in every four-year area which was kind of down out of uh i mean the area that i was in was down out of Yakutat, Alaska, which is kind of in the southern, you know, southern part there. And uh, so I had flown into, I flew into Yakutat, and when I was going in, there was, there was, they had, there was another hunter going in with me, and there was another, uh, I'm going to call him a kid at the time. I mean, he was quite a bit younger than me, going in to guide for the, for the guy that, that we were doing the hunt with. So when we got in there, I guess they had had a, a guide leave them or they needed another guide to, they had, I believe there was three of us in the camp at that time. So there was two guys rifle hunting and then me. And, uh, so we all flew in and when we got in there, the kid got off the plane and, and I don't think he had ever really meant that outfitter and the outfitter was hiring him basically to, to guide me and uh, at that point, I, I, I got a little bit nervous. I'm like, oh, man, I'm in trouble here. But uh, the kid ended up, I mean, I'll tell the story, and the kid ended up becoming a really, like, he was a super good kid. I mean, I enjoyed it. I had a good hunt with him. He, you know, he tried really, really hard for, with, for me, and, and he did a really good job. But he was definitely, you know, he, he, he was a little bit nervous. And when we got off the plane, um, the outfitter was talking with the fellow that was going to guide me and I heard him kind of talking him through it, you know, as to what was going to happen. And like, so I'd kind of heard, overheard a little of the conversation and basically he was telling him that, you know, if, if, and when I shoot a bear, you know, go ahead, you know, we don't want to be shooting any, we don't want to be trailing any wounded bears. So, you know, you got to go ahead. If you don't put them down, you got to go ahead and shoot them. And I didn't say anything at that point, but I was that night. I kind of got to thinking about it and I'm like, Oh man, I got to do something here. So I, you know, didn't want to come out and say anything. I mean, I'm already in camp. I've already had everything. I had everything set up. So I went to the the outfitter and I kind of told, expressed my concerns and he, he pretty much told me that, well, you know, you got to put them down. And I knew that was, you know, no matter how good you shoot them, they're not, they're not just going to fall over. Like that's <laughs> just not going to happen. So you can put a perfect shot on them just like I did on the grizzly bear. And, you know, I've shot black bear. I mean, you can put the perfect shot on them. They don't just fall over and that's not it. So I knew I thought, man, I'm going to shoot my bear and it's going to get shot. You know, I mean, that, that's really what we're coming to. So, I, we headed out and they took us up, uh, they took us in a boat up the, oh heck, it was, uh, just kind of a little bay off the ocean there. And so we went up to this, again, another cabin, lots of cabins in the woods, right? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Apparently in Alaska and BC there is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we went to this cabin and that night i got to talking to this the the fellow that was guiding me and i was just asking him i asked him i said have you ever 
have you ever guided a have you ever guided anybody on a brown bear hunt you know he was he was super honest with me and he was a nice kid he really was he was from originally from from Oh, Wisconsin's where he was from, and he had moved up to Alaska, and he'd got his guide's license, and you know he'd been, you know he'd been doing a little guiding here and there, and working for different guys, and so we got up there and we got to talking, and I had asked him if he had guided any brown, if he had done any of that, and you know the more I talked to him, he I had kind of got the feeling that he had he had been guiding, and he'd probably been up there for two or three years, and you know, he'd been on some moose and, you know, some black bear. And he said that he had went with a guy that guided a guy for brown bear. And at that point, I'm like, I am in deep trouble now. So we got to talking a little more. And I mentioned that to him. I said, I I really want to try to, I I said, I really want to shoot the bear. And and I want to, I don't want you to shoot him. I said, I just, you know, I don't, it's not what I want. And he yeah, pretty much told me. That's, that's the biggest nightmare, right? I mean, on a guided brown bear grizzly hunt is to have the guide follow up the shot. I mean, we, we want to get it done and we want them to believe in us. Right. And, and, and there is a lot of, there's a lot of great guys. There's a lot of guides out there that are, you know, got ice flowing through their veins. You know, there's some really good guides out there that, have no problem with, you know, a lot of them are experienced, you know, they've been there, they've done it, they've been around them bears, they know them. So, so there is a lot of guys that are like really, really good and, and, and will give you everything you want. And, and quite honestly, nobody, I mean, I don't blame them for not wanting to tra- chase a, gri- a wounded grizzly bear into the brush. I mean, I, I totally get it. I understand the, you know, what their thought process is, but, but the, shooting the bear right after you shoot it, no matter what, was just something I, I really couldn't, like I was really struggling with that. Absolutely. And I, had, I ended up telling, telling the kid that I, 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 you know, was trying to be as diplomatic as possible. And I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a tough dude. I'm not a, I don't want comp, confrontation. I don't, I'm not, I'm just, you know, that's, that's not who I am. That's not, you know, I'm not that guy, but I am, I, I get to a certain point where I am, you know, uh, everything is black and white with, to me. And I, I, I kind of got to that point with him. We got to talking and, and he had kind of told me, well, the, the outfitter told me that if you shoot him and he don't fall over, I got to shoot him. And at that point, I, I got a little bit more upset about what was going on because I had already you know, you book the hunt, you, you go in, you sign a release form, you know, if they haul you out in a body bag, they're not responsible. So, I mean, you, right. you know, you relieve, relieve. And, and, I mean, and we, we know as an archer, they're not going to fall over, uh, by putting an arrow through them. They're, you're going to make a lethal kill. And they're going to die quick, but they're not going to fall over. And you, you don't want, you don't want all your hard effort efforts to go, wasted by some some guy blasting right after the shot and we've heard this story one too many so i'm i'm with you keep keep us rolling for sure so i talked with him and i told him about what i i said look i said i heard you know you and the outfitter talking and i said i i don't you know i said i'm not i don't think this is right and i said i don't think it's fair and i 
again, I tried to be very diplomatic with him and, and, and he pretty much was of the mindset that this is what the outfitter told me and that's what I'm going to do. And at that point, I believe I, like I said, I made no threats and I did, but I did tell him, I said, you, I said, we're going to have to change some things up here. I said, you're going to have to send me home, give me my money back, send me home. I said, this is just not going to work. I said, I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I said, well, here's what I'll do. I said, let's, I said, if you give me your word, I said, I'll give you my word that I will not take a shot unless I'm again, you know, 80, 90% sure that I'm going to make a good shot. And I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I said, if I think that I've made a bad shot, I will tell you to shoot. I said, but, but I said, here's what I want from you. I said, if I don't tell, if the, if the bear's not charging us and I tell you that I don't tell you to shoot and you shoot, I said, and again, I, I, I hesitate to say this, but, but it, it really is the truth. I told the kid, I said, I said, if you shoot the bear and I don't tell you to shoot and he's not charging us, I said, you need to understand that that bear will be absolutely the least of your worries. <laughs> I, I said, like that it. bear will be, I like it a lot. <laughs> that bear will be your, I said, that bear will be your best friend. I said, do you, do you understand what I'm trying to say here? And he looked at me really funny and he says, well, I said, look, I said, I said, I understand. I said, I, I don't, I understand everything here. And I said, you have, you just told me that you've never shot a brown bear. You've never been within 150 yards of a brown bear. You've never guided a guy to a brown bear. I said, I, I shot a grizzly bear last year. And I said, this is totally doable. I said, it's totally doable. And I said, I will give you my word. I said, I said, I will give you my word that if, if I feel like I've made a bad shot, I will tell you to shoot the bear. I said, I absolutely will. And I said, I won't take any marginal shots. And I said, if the bear is, is coming our direction, I said, I said, feel free to shoot. I said, I think that's a fair I think that's a reasonable. I I, I love this conversation, Chris. I love it because this is high on my bucket list. And my biggest fear is to put my time and money into something and and have what your worst case scenario could be. So I I love this conversation. What happened to me on this hunt, truthfully, was the other two guides, like when I got off, obviously. The, the rifle hunts are probably easier hunts to get done. You know, sure, I mean, the rifle sure. guys are going to take their guy out and they're probably going to get it done with, you know, with not near the, you know, I mean, you know, trying to shoot one with a bow, whether it's a recurve compound or whatever. I mean, it's, it's, it's a more difficult than, than with a rifle. And so, you know, you know, this kid basically got, he got the short end of the stick, you know, the other hunters, you know, the other hunters and the other guides, right. I, I, you know, kind of felt like they were going to go out and, you know, get tagged out and we'd be hammering it out for 10, 12 days. Yeah. But we call that, we call that bang flop, bang flop. <laughs> yeah. <done. laughs> yeah. They sent the new kid so with this, you. They're like, good luck, buddy. Go, go have fun. Here you go. Right, so we're with you. We're yeah. with you. So we're, we're moving into this hunt. You, you've had this conversation. 
Um, we had to, we had the conversation, and the next morning we got up and 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 we're having breakfast, and I'm you know without without harping, you know, because my kids say you know I harp a lot, and I, I probably was harping to this kid, but not I, you, Chris, you know, not you. <laughs> I reiterated the situation to him, and and you know was trying to get his you know see if you know, him sleeping on the situation, it changed his mind in any way. And, you know, he was kind of coming around. I mean, he was really, he was like, well, you know, he was a talk. We were both talking and, and he goes, well, you know, I'm, I really want to, and it's really, to, it's a, it's a, was a, like I said, the kid was, I kept in contact with him for a bunch of years and, and we talked and, and it was, it was really, it ended up being a terrific hunt. So, we ended up going out that morning and right in the front of the, right along the, the beach line there where the cabin was, a bear had walked that night, had walked right, probably walked 20 yards from, from this cabin we were staying in. We walked out and this bear had walked all the way down the the shoreline there. So we kind of followed it and I'm like, oh man, that's good, that's good. And where we were hunting was kind of right off of the, we were in like a little bay and and it was right off the ocean and it was a little uh creek or you know when at high tide you'd call it a river at low tide you'd call it a little stream like the the tide was literally probably there was probably a six eight foot tide like the tide was really you know it was really really big where we were so we went in and we kind of would walk back this creek and and just kind of look around and i found one spot there was one spot where there was like a dog lake 90 in 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 this creek there and what we would do is we'd go back and we fixed this little blind and for the first di- first day first day or two i believe it was we would go back and just when it was low tide those you know the salmon would come up in that creek and when the tide would go out they'd kind of get they'd get caught in the you know in the low in the pools you know there'd be a little pool right. where the and then it'd be shallow and then and so the salmon were kind of stuck well when the tide come in you know there's there's eight ten feet of water and the salmon just swim right up the you know go to wherever they're going and there was all there was quite a few fish um coming up the the creek or stream or whatever you want to call it but we were sitting right on the the bend there was a bend where you could look we were sitting right. It was like a 90 degree bend. So I could look out, I could look like straight out and I could look down to my left, like probably four, five, six, eight hundred yards. And then we could look straight out in front of us. We, so it wasn't, you know, we, we had quite a, quite a good view. I mean, if anything come across either way, you know, we could, we could see it. And I think the, the first day we didn't, we didn't really see much. And the second day we were sitting there, under this, we had a little a pine tree, and we kind of cut some willows and kind of made a little makeshift blind. And so we sat there, and you know, when the tide went out that that uh, first second morning, there was a bear that came out, and he came right down into the cape, right down in there, and started kind of fishing around and looking. He was probably about 150, 200 yards for us, and I was just watching him, and just you know, we were just there really wasn't a good, there was really no good way to get to them and, and try to make the shot. So we opted to just sit there, which I think the guide was totally happy just sitting there watching the bear. Like he really was, 
you know, he was telling me everything that the wind's wrong, the this, the that. Like I just could kind of tell that he he was really not. I don't think he was feeling it like I was feeling it at that point. And and it wasn't a situation that was going to work out. So we sat there, we watched the bear. And the bear kind of fed a little bit, and turned around, and went back up into the to the pines, and uh, and that that was that. And I kind of had a feeling that. You know, I'm like, he's going to be back. You know, I got, I got nine days left. He's going to be back. I mean, he's going to try this again. So I think we sat there that evening when, when the tide would come in, we would go back to the cabin and fish or, you know, just do some shooting or sit around, take a nap or whatever. But whenever the tide was going out, you know, when it was going out, we would be there. So I want to say the third third or fourth morning the bear came back i think i'm pretty sure it was the same bear he came out and kind of did the same thing this time he was he was like 150 200 yards down the other little leg that we were sitting on that we were watching so he'd come out in like two different spots and and again i don't know as if it was the same bear bear i feel like it was just i mean you know size wise he was about the same size and and he just you know, it looked like he had kind of, there was a lot of salmon along the, 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 the bank there where they had been, you know, just carcasses where they went down and fished them out and, and ate them. So there was a, you know, a lot of sign there that there was, you know, bears in there using that area. And I want to say on the, the fifth day of the hunt, it was, we were sitting underneath this tree and the wind was blowing, the wind was blowing it was kind of raining. I mean, it was a, it was a typical Alaska weather, I guess, Southeast Alaska weather, but we were sitting under that tree and we had, I think we had a little tarp thrown out. So we had a nice little hide. I mean, we had a pretty little, pretty nice deal going on there. And we were sitting under there and we're sitting there and all of a sudden about five, 600 yards down to my left, I seen some movement and I'm like, there's a bear. I'm like, that's that same one. And he came out and he came right down. And at this point, the water was as low as it could possibly be. Like it was at a low point. So there was very little water in there and the salmon that were in there, they'd go from them little pools. And these salmon are, I want to say those salmon were, I mean, a majority of them, they were, you know, they're six, eight pound fish. I mean, they're, they're pretty big fish. I mean, they were, you know, 18 20 inches 30 inches i mean they were they were good fish and uh so that bear came down and he got in there and and i'm like this is perfect this is just perfect because the wind was blowing the wind was blowing like we had a predominant wind that was blowing across this kind of from the opposite side of the stream to the side we were on so and he was down in the creek or down in this creek and, and the banks on the creek are probably seven, eight foot deep. You know, I mean, it's a real, there's a real big drop off to get down into to where the bear was. And I got to look and I'm like, this is just perfect. I mean, I was getting just pumped. I'm like, this is going to be great because the wind was good that we had enough. I mean, it wasn't a pouring rain, but it was a, you know, the wind was blowing enough that there was a little bit of noise and there was a, the rain hitting the, you know, hitting all the vegetation. And, and I'm like, we we can go out here about, 
we can parallel this bank at about 50 yards. There's no way he's going to see us. You know, we got grass to walk through. There's no way he's going to hear us. And I said, we just go down there and we'll come straight into him. And I told, I, I, I thought I had the perfect plan picked out. And I told my guide, I said, this is what we're going to do. He says, no, he says, we got to wait. Well, I said, I'm not waiting. I said, I'm not waiting. I said, you can, I said, you can stay right here. If you, if you're nervous, he was just nervous. He was, he was, he wasn't nervous. He was, he was really scared to death. I mean, he was really, he was really, it's a good guy to have scared. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was interesting. So I said, I said, let's go down and like, let's look, let's, let's, let's just see. I said, we'll go really, really slow. So he says, well, he says, okay. He says, well, well, what, what are you thinking again? I said, well, look, I said, see that tree down there. So I had like a little marker and I'd watch this bear, like go kind of, he was working like a hundred yards and there was a, there was a tree that was kicked over in the bank. So I had like a little marker that I could see when I was going down um, you know, kind of to get my bearings to where I wanted to come in. And so I remember getting ready to go. And I, I said to him, I said, listen, I said, you remember that talk we had the other day, right? I said, you remember that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I said, I said, listen, Tommy, I said, I said, Tommy, I said, uh, I said, I said, I, I really, really want you to understand that. I said, I, I'm, I'm really serious about that. I said, I said, I can't, I said, I, I, can't express to you, I can't express to you how serious I am. I said, this is, I said, I said, if you don't want to go, you don't have to go. I said, I've signed all the lien waivers. I said, understand it. I said, I, I'm willing to take this chance, but I said, this is a good opportunity. I said, this, this is going to work. So he goes, okay. He says, but he says, you promise, he says, you promise you promised to tell me to shoot. I said, I promise, Tommy. I said, I promise. I said, come on. I said, we can do it. I said, we can do it. So he's, he's behind me. And I turned to him. I said, now listen to me. I said, don't you shoot me. I said, don't. I would, I would have taken the guy's bullets. I think (laughs) I was a little, I mean, I don't know if the bear was scaring me or, or him behind me with that 375. I don't know which one was, was making me more nervous, but, but he ended up, we, we closed the distance. I found my marker and we're coming in and the wind's just perfect. I said, I was showing him. I said, look, I said, the wind's perfect. I said, he's not going to smell us. And I said, see that tree there. And, and, you know, I was explaining to him what we were going to do and a whole time. He's following me step for step right behind me, brother. And, so you're, uh, you're, you're guiding the guide at this point. <laughs> well, I mean, it was, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. I'm sorry. Don't, don't let me interrupt. Keep going. Keep going. So we got down to where the, where the, the marker was where I had last, you know, I knew the bear was within, you know, he was kind of within five, 50 yards, 50, you know, 60, 70 yards of this one way or the other, you know, he was kind of working, working that section of the, the Creek there. So we got down there and I've the, checked the wind, the wind's just perfect. I mean, we're coming up and I'm like, Oh, this is going to be great. This is, I mean, I'm, I'm so excited because it's just, everything is, really good you know i've got constant wind i got a little bit of, i'm like he's not gonna see us he's not gonna hear us i'm like oh this is just sweet and we're moving in and we're moving into to that tree and i get up to the tree and i'm looking at the tree and 
and I'm looking and I don't see any bear. And there's a big, the bank, like, like we got to get closer and closer to this bank. I'm like, and we're getting closer and I'm looking kind of right in front of me and I don't see nothing. I'm like, Oh man, he's on our side. He's going to like, we're going to get up to this bank and he's going to be right there. Like I, I really thought that he was going to be right underneath us. You know, we were again, seven, eight foot up, you know, we're up on the, on the shore of the, of this Creek. And when we get over to it, you know, it's a real good drop off. And I, I couldn't see the bear. I couldn't see him on the other side. I couldn't see him. I just lost track of him. And I'm getting up there and I'm like, Oh man, he's going to be right there. He's going to be right there. And I get up and I look over and there's nothing. I'm like, Oh, where'd he go? Where'd he go? And about that time, about a hundred yards to my left, I see him down there and he's walking around and he's looking for fish and he's kind of walking around and I had seen him do it twice, like walk, go down that way and then come back up, you know, to where I was. So I'm watching and just about that time, like, like on cue right in front of me, this fish salmon comes out and he tries to swim. Like he's trying to swim upstream. He's swimming towards the bear and it gets like he gets, beached you know he gets in you know he's coming out of maybe six seven inches of water into an inch or two of water so he's splashing trying to get up to you know he's trying to get to deeper water and he's just making a and as soon as he does that the bear looks right at that fish and like picks his head up i'm like this is perfect this is perfect that bear is going to come down and eat that fish and that bear just like clock, like clockwork, picks his head up, looks at that fish, and that fish is splashing around, and that bear is walking right to us. He's walking right. I mean, he's we're above him, so we got the bank, and we got a little elevation, and we're sitting there, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, and the guide has got his gun like right next to him. I'm like, he, like he was right on my back. I said, now Tommy, I said, I said Tommy, I said everything will be okay a bear got to within like 30 yards and he says are you gonna shoot him are you gonna shoot him i'm like no no don't let him get closer let him get closer and uh, the bear comes up and he walks he walks by us and then when he walks by us he's probably at like 15 yards and he's walking right to this fish i said when he i said when he gets to that fish tommy i said he's gonna stop and i said he's gonna eat that fish and and that's going to – it puts him right in front of me at, at 15, 16 yards. I mean, just right there. So he goes over there and just, like, you know, puts his foot on that fish and starts, you know, starts stripping the skin off of him and eating him right there. And and I turn around and I said, Tommy, I said, I said, you remember what we talked about? I mean, I did tell him. I, I, I was whispering to him. I said, now – I said, I'm, I said, I'm going to get ready to shoot. I said, just, just remember our conversation. <laughs> so I, and I said, I told him too, I said, don't shoot me. Cause I was, I was equally, I was more worried, actually more worried about him shooting me than me shooting a bear at that oh, point. Shoot. So, You're be kidding me. <laughs> so I, the bear was standing there and he kind of quartered away from me and he ended up the same kind of the same deal as a grizzly bear he ended up taking that paw and he like he like reached it forward so he kind of opened himself up really good and i'm like this is my shot so i draw back and as soon as i shoot and i hit the bear i'm like don't shoot don't shoot don't shoot i told i was telling him and i could see that gun barrel like right over like i could see that gun in the in the you know my peripheral vision i'm like don't shoot tommy don't shoot don't shoot tommy don't shoot and i could see blood coming out of 
<laughs> blood coming out of one side of the bear as he's walking, as he's running up the opposite side of the, as he's running up the opposite side of the bank. So he gets to the top and, and it's super thick like that. Southeast Alaska is, is, is just when they get into the brush or the woods, it's thick. So he gets up out of the, out of the bank and he run and he's running. I'm like, don't shoot, don't shoot. And I'm like, man, I want that bear to get out of sight, you know, so he don't get, <laughs> you know, get pumped full of lead. Cause I knew it was again, same deal. And I saw the arrow go in him and I seen it like as soon as he kind of bit at it. And it's as perfect, he run up, right? it, it was perfect. I mean, it went, you know, it, the arrow broke in half, but it was just, I mean, I could see as he was running up the bank, I could see, you know, I could see that he was bleeding like just that quick. And, and I could kind of tell, you know, when, when, you know, when the arrow hit him, that it was like, it's like, that's good. And he runs up the bank and, and Tommy says, <laughs> Tommy says to me, says, how'd I do? How'd I do? I said, Tommy, I said, you did perfect. I said, you did perfect. Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is so awesome. <laughs> so I told him, I said, now, Tommy, I said, Tommy, I said, I said, let's go get that bear. He says, no, he says, Chris, he says, you promised. He says, you promised me. You promised me. I promised you. He says, you promised me that you'd wait at least an hour before we go after that bear. I, yes. said, I said, I said, Tom, I said, I tell you what, I said, I did. I said, and I will. I said, we'll go back to the cabin. <laughs> I said, we'll go back. I said, we will go back. I said, I really like to go look for him. I said, but I told you, I said, you didn't shoot my bear. I said, I'm, I'm happy. I said, I'll do whatever you want to do. I said, but I said, before we go, I said, can I just go down there and look at, like, I just wanted to look where he ran. I mean, I wanted to walk 30 yards. You know, I shot him probably at 16 yards and I wanted to go out to that 20, you know, where he ran up, just where he ran up the bank. Cause I seen where I just wanted to go look at that. Like I wanted to just kind of verify that what I saw, you know what I'm saying? Like I didn't right. want to, I didn't want it to be my mind thinking I saw something that I really didn't, didn't see. And I'm like, right. when I get over there, there's going to, there's going to be a, just a tremendous blood trail. So he goes, I said, come on. I said, go with me. I said, we'll go down there. I said, Tommy, I said, you got the gun. He goes, he wouldn't go. He wouldn't go with me. He goes, he goes, you, you, he says, Chris, he says, you can go over there and look. He says, but he says, you promised me that you'd come back. So I get over to where the bear is standing on the fish and I walk over to the opposite side of the bank and I'm walking up that trail and I get almost to the top of that thing. And Tommy, he yells at me, he says, Chris, he says, you promised me, you promised me that you wouldn't do that. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, okay. I said, you're right, Tommy. So I backed up, and the blood was just great. Like it was like, oh, this bear is so dead. He's not. He's. So I went over there. I said, Tommy. I said, What do you want to do? He said, We're got to go back. And he said, I got to call. I got to call the outfitter. And and, and we get and back you're to shoot, the cabin. You're shooting a, de a delta. What's the width on that head? Mm. One and a quarter. <laughs> well, one new out of the package there. I don't know, maybe an inch and a half after I've shot him for a couple of years, right. about an inch and a quarter. Okay. <laughs> okay. You know, I mean, you start losing. I mean, sure. Once okay. they get worn, you know, sharpened yeah. up and worn and they're, they go a little thinner, but okay. All right. And so he's going to call the outfitter. I'm sorry for interrupting. Go ahead. <laughs> 
So he calls, he calls the outfitter. We go back, we have breakfast, we have some coffee. And I'm just, I mean, I just know in my mind, I'm like, I, I said, well, set your timer. I said, tell me when we can go get my bear. And he's the whole time. He's kind of quizzing me about, do I really think the bear's dead? I said, Tommy, I said, I said, I'll bet you the price of this hunt that that bear's dead in the doornail right now. I said, the yes. price of this hunt. And, uh, he says, well, he says, I don't, I don't, I, you know, he was trying to, he was trying to work himself up to it. So he calls the outfitter. The outfitter tells him to wait, leave it for an hour. Can't go after it after till an hour. So we get, we wait the hour and we go back out there. And he still was extremely hesitant. Like he, he was really, he was hesitant to, you know, I mean, he was, he was excited to say the least. And I, I mean, I was excited, but. But, uh, he, he was, we got over there and we got up to the top and I said, I'll look at the blood. And I said, he goes, I'm going to look ahead. He said, I'm looking ahead. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a good thing to be, it's a good thing to be cautious. I mean, I, I, I absolutely get it. And I, and, and you can't, you know, you don't just shoot them and just stroll. Right. I mean, you, you have to be cautious, but there's, you know, there's, you have to kind of evaluate the situation and know what's going on and uh, i knew i mean I, I say i knew i was very very confident that it was that that, that bear wasn't going to survive the, the shot that i made on him so we get over there and we get it the brush starts getting thicker and thicker and thicker and it's really and we hadn't gone we truly did not walk 30 yards i mean we from where he got up and we last saw him we we weren't 30 yards from where we last saw him and that that wasn't from the point he was shot. Probably wasn't fifty yards from where we shot him. So I mean, it got really thick really fast. You know, we couldn't couldn't see him at that point. And we got in there, and this trail goes on into these willows, and I mean, in some really really thick stuff. And I said, Tommy, I said, I said, we got. He goes, we can't go. He says, we got to call for help. I'm like. I'm not going to call for help. I said, I'm going to, I'm going to go up here a little bit further. And he was sitting there and I, same deal. I'm like, don't shoot me. I said, do not shoot me. I said, don't point that gun. Any, I said, just let the bear run, get me. If that's what it is. I don't want you shooting me with that 375. Oh, so he sat there and he, he'd, he'd inch along behind me and we got up there and I had my binoculars on me and I was, I was kind of looking ahead at, through the binoculars. I mean, I, you know, he truthfully he talked me into being scared to be quite honest with you. So we got up there a little farther and I could see this little, I could see a, um, a deadfall or there was a log or tree down. And just on the other side of that, I'm like, I'm like, Tommy, I'm like, there's the bear right there. And he's looking at him. He's looking through the scope of his gun. I, he goes, where, where? I said, right there. I said, see that tree? I said, right on the other side. I said, see, I said, that's him. He goes, are you sure? I said, I'm, I said, I'm pretty sure. I said, let me get up here a little closer. So I went up maybe another five, six, eight feet and kind of got to where I could get up and kind of look over it. And I'm like, there he is. I said, he's right there. Deader in the doornail, you know, rigor mortis had to sit in. I mean, been dead for an you hour know, from for an hour and five minutes, you know, I mean, I shot him an hour and five and a half minutes. Uh, see, I think right there, I would have looked back at him and I would have went roar and scared the crap. Uh, yeah, well, you'd, you'd be shot. You'd have been. <laughs> I 
think I think you better stick to running into burning buildings. Yeah. You wouldn't you wouldn't have survived. Oh, I think that the bill I love it. Don't <laughs> don't shoot me. That's that's classic. That's awesome. So, so Tommy's pumped up so, at this point, right? He is. I was excited. Like I was true. I was so excited because that was like, oh man, I got my brown bear. You know, I was so so excited. He comes over, he puts the gun down, he gets that bear, he picks him up, and he, it was like he shot the bear. He goes, <laughs> you get my picture. I'm like, sure, I'll take as many pictures of that bear and you as you want. I'm, I, was, I, I would have done whatever he wanted to do at that point. I was, I, was, I was happy that I talked him into, you know, that I, because, I, I mean, I got the bear, I shot it with my bow, he didn't shoot it. I mean, it was, and he uh-huh. was he was tickled to death. I mean, he was really, and like I said, I, I get it. I'm not, I don't, don't think that I'm downplaying it. I mean, he was quite a bit younger than me and, 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 and a lot of responsibility you know, I, on his shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was, I mean, he was, a if, if you ran an outfitting service, uh, he was a great kid to have. He was a super, he was conscientious. He was trying really, really hard for me. He, it just simply was a, an experienced deal. Like he, you know, he had probably heard a lot of tales and a lot of, you know, I mean, every bear out there is not out to get you. I mean, they're not, you know, I mean, I've run into smaller bears, I've run into littler bears and they, you know, tend to, you know, turn and run. But as far as the, the, you know, the bigger bears, they're, the real deal. It's a different deal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they're they're not they're nothing to be. I mean you can't you know willy nilly go out and not respect them because I mean they right. they you know you shoot them and they they will you know they will want to come over and talk about it with you for sure. That's, I mean, that's they, the fact. They can that's eat the you. Fact, yeah. They can definitely the eat you. So check it out. You're 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 a bear killing fool. Chris Perino is a bear killing fool. He's a storyteller. I mean, I'm enjoying this podcast. Unbelievable. But we're we're an hour and forty in. Like we're gonna cut this. He Chris has got so many more bear stories to tell. Whitetails, elk. I mean, I mean, this is awesome. But we're we're gonna go ahead and, and we're gonna cut it right here. Uh, we're gonna bring Chris back on for some more. I mean, this is awesome. We we appreciate it. Uh, happy birthday, Fred Bear. Salute. I mean, you got anything else to say, Chris? No, I just I appreciate you guys having me on, and uh, and uh, I enjoyed it. Oh, I, the pl- I the pleasure is ours, for- man. We I am so ready to go bear hunting right now. <laughs> I've never yeah, been this I'm I've not- never been this excited to go bear hunting right now that I am right now. So yeah, like I've, I've called in, I've, I've only hunted black bears and I've actually called them in with elk, uh, in distress and had them come in popping and snapping and, and grunting and acting crazy and working in the woods, uh, you know, as my profession doing salmon habitat and, and whatnot, been around a lot of bears, like Derek's so exciting, but this podcast has got me jacked up and your storytelling, it's got me jacked up, and we're excited to get you back on. And we know you're from Illinois, is a great whitetail state, and we know you got a lot of elk experience. But there's still some polar bear, there's more brown bear, there's more grizzly bear stories to tell, and we can't wait to get you back on. Well, I appreciate it. I really do.
It's awesome. Well, uh, happy birthday, Fred Bear. And we'll have Chris Perino on again. Thanks again for joining us on the podcast. We appreciate the support. Don't forget to check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play. Leave us a five-star review. It helps the podcast out a ton. Check us out on tradquest.com. We're on Instagram, Facebook. Keep the wind in your face. Pick a spot and shoot straight.